Hey guys, Matt from Back Yourself Fitness here, and welcome to another episode of the Back Yourself Podcast. I ask it every week, how are we doing? Are we doing okay out there? Normal life, whatever that is for you, come the end of I hope you're doing well. We are almost there. We're almost through the shit show that is 2020. Um, Sorry, it's been a couple of weeks between drinks here for the Back Yourself Podcast. We have had a thousand things going on for Back Yourself Fitness. Uh, one of which will tie into today's episode. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, obviously, if you haven't listened to the last episode, it talks about burning out, the burnout effect, the pressure we put on ourselves, the external pressures put on us that lead to us burning out. And how can we notice that we're heading down that path of burnout? Um, but also, how can we remedy that? Now, I, in that podcast, I say that I'm not going to give you solutions, but hopefully create a bit of thought-provoking stuff for you to be able to digest and set your own little rehab or recovery program from burnout. But that's the last episode. If you want to check it out, jump back. Also subscribe to the Back Yourself podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Um, I touched on the fact that we have a lot going on at Back Yourself Fitness. Uh, I'll fill you in on a couple of those little things now. Um, obviously, we're doing Movember. Uh, we do it every year raising money for a fantastic, fantastic cause. Um, Sam and myself um, have created the Back Yourself Fitness team. And for every dollar we raise, we will be putting ourselves through a certain punishment or exercise. So Sam's going to be doing a pull-up for every dollar the team raises. And I'm going to be pushing uh, my body weight on the weight sled 10 meters. Now, as of recording the 8th of November, and we're between us, we have completed over 700 reps. So I've managed to push that weight sled four kilometers already, um, and Sam is on his way to 400 as well. Now, the exciting, the overwhelming thing for that is the fact that the team get just shy of $1,500 raised. So that is fantastic. We appreciate everyone who has donated. Uh, We'll throw the link in the podcast description, but you can find it anywhere on our socials. If you're on the Movember website, just search Back Yourself Fitness and we pop up. Uh, Another little exciting thing that we're doing at Back Yourself Fitness is we have launched the Young Athlete Development Program. So both Sam and I are pretty passionate about working with uh, younger athletes and helping them when they're developing. So I think back to my representative days and same with Sam is you turn up to training, you turn up to the game. That was about the guidance that you got and any extra training that was given to you was all around the uh, ball skills or the sport specific plays or whatever. There was never any um, flexibility training. There was never any nutrition advice. There was never any um, conditioning advice for that specific sport. So what we have done is we've designed a program that is to help young athletes get the most out of their young playing careers and hopefully put them on track to take their careers further. At the end of the day, we're trying to impart a bit of knowledge and educate these young athletes on what it takes to be, well, a representative player, but hopefully push on towards those states and nationals. So um, for more information, shoot us an email or get in touch with us via the socials we are to announce that the uh the young fellas and girls that we have on board so far are kicking goals full pun intended so like i said for more information reach out to us Um, we're already working with a solid handful of people and we're getting teams in through the doors as well so it's open to teams individuals whole clubs Um, we really want to help definitely the local sporting community take those steps forward 
Um, okay, today's episode. How's this for an intro? Today's episode is another reason why we've been busy behind scene, behind the scenes. Um, Back Yourself Fitness is pleased to announce that we have a nutritionist working out of our new facility uh, on a monthly basis. Her name is Kirsten Wise. She is from Chew Nutrition and Dietetics. Um, today's episode, we introduce Kirsten to the world of the Back Yourself Fitness podcast. Um, and we get to dive into why she went back to uni as a mature age student after having children, um, why nutrition, and we look at calories, whether it's wise to count them, whether it's needed to count calories, both exercise and nutrition-wise. Um, it's, it's a very interesting chat. So without further ado, let's wrap this introduction up. Enjoy today's podcast. And we are live, Kirsten. Welcome to my little studio. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me here no, today. No, not a problem. Uh, it's exciting times for, for both of us um, for a couple of reasons, like where both our businesses kind of sit at the end of 2020. There's slight expansions here and there, but exciting for us is Chew Nutrition is going to do a bit of work out of Back Yourself Fitness. Absolutely. We've created this lovely little working relationship that we're hopefully going to grow on. Uh, for the benefit of both businesses. Absolutely. So one of the reasons why I wanted to get you in is obviously because of that. I wanted you to be introduced to the world, um, all the listeners of the Back Yourself podcast. But more importantly, um, from what I've seen and heard from the nutrition workshops and, and the talks that we've had, uh, the way you describe things from a nutritional standpoint is simple. And even though it's simple... Some people struggle to get their head around it. So I want to, some of the things we're going to touch on today are going to be like, okay, explain. And we're going to black and white the things that we can. Sure. Because in nutrition, there's a whole lot of gray. There is an awful lot of gray. Yes. Um, and unfortunately for anyone listening to this, this is not going to be the how to, I want to lose five kilos in five weeks or um, how many calories do I need to, <laughs> none of that. And that's one of the things that jumped out to me when we first had our chat. It was, I'm not going to give anyone meal plans. Mm. I'm going to teach them how they should approach their food. Yes. And I was like, bam, that's what I want to hear. Uh, as always, 10 quick questions to get started. Sure. Okay. These could be, well, I say quick. They could be 15 minutes. They could be five minutes. Okie doke. Let's see what Let's happens. Let's see what you've got. Okay. Question number one. What food is your weakness or vice? Hot chips. Okay. There's, that's a whole... Area. What <laughs> specific hot chips are we talking? Uh, fish and chip shop hot chips. Yep. Yeah. Re really Salty. cooked ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And is it chicken salt? Any salt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a salt lick too, so I can relate. I know it's like some people get real like, no, it has to be. This this chip is my favorite. You know, there's nothing worse than, oh, I'm going to have chips and they're soggy and shit. Yes. Major disappointment. But no, um, yeah, definitely the, the crispy salted hot chip. Yep. Absolute weakness. Yeah, you know, this is a question I throw into a few people and that pops up more <laughs> than you would think. Uh, question number two, what's a food you can't stand? Mushrooms. Okay, why? Texture. Yeah. I think it's the texture and sometimes it, it, I think it's more psychological. It's a feeling of eating dirt. Yeah, okay. So it doesn't matter how they're cooked, um, not a huge fan. Yeah. I... I um, 
I'm funny with some foods. Mushrooms are kind of introduced into meals um, that can be hidden. Yes, I'm a bit the same. I'll mush them up in a bolognese sauce yep. or I'll chop them very finely through a stroganoff. Yep. But a big fat mushroom sitting on my plate? No, no pass, sir. Pass. <laughs> I, I throw them into like a big scrambled egg, like spinach mm. and bacon and like scrambled eggs. Yes. Because you can get away with that. But if you same thing. If you said, here's a mushroom, I'm like, no. push that to the side. <laughs> <Yes>. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, question number three, what is a great high energy food? And I could probably reword that a little bit. What is a high energy food that you will go to if you need an energy hit? Oh, that's a good question. And that's got me thinking. I suppose it actually depends on the day I've had. Like a lot of people, I can be very guilty of reaching for the less nutritious, high energy options. Mm-hmm. So something um, something like a Coke is yep. the one thing that will give me a bit of zing and mm-hmm. bounce me back. I try not to let myself get in that situation. Um, so I do try and have things on hand that I can have. Mm-hmm. Um, nuts, um, a bit of a trail mix sometimes even a boiled egg on the go mm-hmm. um, are just things that will tide me over until I can get to my next meal. Yep. But it, yeah, not perfect. If we if we can just bounce back for a second, just mm. explain what high energy, um, low nutrition kind of means. Yeah, absolutely. So if we're looking at something like a chocolate bar or a Coke, um, it has, what I call it is empty calories. So yep. it has lots of energy, but it's not giving you any nutrition, nutritional value. So mm-hmm. you're not getting any vitamins or minerals from that food. Yeah. Um, nothing that your body can use. So it's purely just energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on what's happening in your day, mm. you might be then having too much energy. Um, yep. from your food so it's really not um, giving you anything of nutritional value so essentially just high sugar high sugar and that's why people when they have those sort of like the coke or the chocolate bar um, you'll feel that that initial rush and you think oh yeah i've got some energy but you'll also have that crash and so yep. particularly that afternoon period that two to three period um you know people will, will reach for the less nutritious options those mm. high energy foods um, but you'll find by dinner that you're starting to feel really flat again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're not the best options in terms of what they do for our body. They will give us that initial energy hit, mm. um, but they certainly don't leave us feeling so great afterwards. If we can just tangent kind of on that same line. Yeah, sure. Do you think the people who are more likely to reach for that mid-afternoon kind of I need that sugar hit are the people who haven't made the most of their food in the morning? It certainly can be. Um, I think it depends on, you know, what job you've got. Um, I know that um, for my husband, for example, uh, he works outdoors all day. Mm -hmm. So being able to um, have food on hand is sometimes tricky. Um, He needs to plan. So he's got to pack his food in the morning. It needs to be well packed. It needs to be cold because it's sitting in a hot truck all day. Um, I know, you know, even people in offices, if you're very busy all day, you get caught up in meetings, you've missed lunch or you're trying to eat lunch on the go mm. um, and then, yeah, you hit that that flat period in the afternoon. Yeah, I've – and I ask that question because I kind of hear a lot of that. Mm. Like people coming in for a PT session, 4.30, 5 o'clock – and they'll get 10 minutes in and just be real flat. And like, oh, yeah. I haven't really eaten much today. I haven't stopped today. Yeah, I've been exactly. rushing, you know, you're rushing from one place to the next. And mm. I think, you know, I, maybe just how we are these days, life is busy mm. um, and it can be hard to plan. Yeah. It can be hard to plan meals throughout the day. So For sure. And I like, I don't want to kind of get ahead of myself with the questions. Um, I feel like it's not so much you need to plan a regimented 
No. Food intake, but the knowledge yes. of energy versus um, yeah. nutrients, I guess. Yeah. And obviously, the more nutritional your food is, the more energy you're going to have. That's it. And I mean, it can be looking for easy options as well. I mean, something like a banana can mm. be a really filling food. Yep. Um, it, it just gives you that little bit of energy. It fills you up for a period of time until hopefully you can get to that next meal. Mm. Um, but unlike the Coke or the chocolate bar, it's, it's doing something good for you. Yeah. If we Okay, moving on to the next question. If we flip it, mm-hmm. what is a great nutrient-dense food that you like to go towards? Um, if I'm out and about something, normally a fruit, it's yep. easy, you know, an apple or a banana, mm-hmm. um, a mandarin, an orange, they're easy to carry. Yep. Um, so you can, you can have them there ready to reach through. And then again, like I said before, um, even a, a trail mix or a nut mix, something mm. like that, that you can pack in your bag, yeah. um, and just have, have to grab, um, Depending where I am, I mean, if you've got access to a fridge, a you know, salad sandwich, chicken mm. and salad sandwich, ham and salad sandwich. Cool. I uh, I was actually talking to Sam, out my mm-hmm. offsider, the other day, and he's like, "Have you tried these?" And I was like, "Oh, what's that?" And he had this oat bar, and it looks like what's an example? Like it's, it's this big, thick, like almost small brownie size mm. muesli bar, I guess. And he's like, it is just oats and it's like apricots through it. And yep. you can get ones with yogurt on top and whatever. And it's like 430 calories in the thing. And I've only had them the past couple of days and I have it, you know, I'm up at quarter past four. I have it first thing and with the coffee and my energy sustains so much mm. longer than if I throw in a regular muesli bar or something like that, like sugar versus the oats and the nut mix and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and again, you're looking, and I mean, this is something we talked about in one of our nutrition sessions, but those low GI versus high GI foods. So that's Mm. glycemic index. So anything that's a high GI food has a really quick release of sugar and that gives you that energy burst. Mm. Whereas low GI foods have a more sustained release and they're generally those things that will keep you feeling full for longer. So even things like a banana, they contain fiber Mm -hmm. and fiber is something that helps keeps us full. Yeah. So um, as opposed to, going back to that empty calories and something like a chocolate bar we get an energy burst but there's nothing really in there that's going to fill us up yeah and the difference between well sustained energy versus boom here it is Mm. like it's a it's a massive difference especially in those hours i'm sure your husband (laughs) knows all about that yeah um question number five yep being quote unquote healthy involves a couple of different things. Obviously, your field is the nutrition side of things. Mm-hmm. My field is more the exercise side side of things. Um, exercise wise, do you do anything for yourself, or movement wise, do you do anything for yourself? I don't have. Um, I I don't have a an exercise program per no. se. Um, it's normally things with the kids. So I've yeah. got three children. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all in primary school. So that's your exercise. So, yeah. um, but you know, we, we walk to and from school. Mm-hmm. Um, we're fortunate enough to live close enough that we can do that. Uh, we've got a park opposite us. So the kids will um, ride or scoot and I'll be walking behind them. Although it's time I need to invest in a bike myself. It's yep. getting a little harder to keep up yep. um, now that they're all off training wheels. So um, it is probably, and then there'd be the incidental exercise through yeah. the day. So I'm obviously, um, I'm working with two nutrition, but that's part time. I also volunteer up at the school. So I'm swimming a couple of times a week mm. or I'm part of the PNC. So there's, 
yeah, to and from walking around school. Always stuff happening. Always things happening. So, um, but yeah, I'm conscious of being active. I'm conscious of the kids being active. Mm. Um, so we do try and get outside and, and then particularly on weekends. And now that they're a little bit older, we're finding it easier to do things such yeah. as bushwalks and, um, you know, getting out to the beach and, and that type of thing. So I enjoy that. Um, well, that answer, number one, because you, it's a, no, I'm not going to say relaxed view on I need to exercise, but I'm active, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like that healthy mix of being comfortable with being active mm. instead of oh, I've got to get to the gym today or yeah. I feel like both for food and nutrition and I'm, uh, food and exercise and I'm probably a culprit of it, there's that pressure to go, I've got to get to the gym today because it's part of my routine. Yes. So it's refreshing to hear a, I guess, relaxed, yeah, at ease kind of answer for that one. That's, that's, that's nice. Thanks. Um, let's get deeper. In your opinion, what are contributing factors to good mental health? Oh, hey. this is an interesting one. This is a potentially a bit of a minefield too. Um, yeah. look, I think that can be really individualized. For sure. Um, I think what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person. I certainly think um, exercise and nutrition play a major factor. I don't think they're the only factors though. Mm. Um, you know, there are people with mental health issues um, who do need medical intervention. Mm -hmm. um, there are people who I think could benefit from more exercise and, um, and better food habits, which yeah. would also provide mm. um, perhaps some um, more, more clarity for them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's um, a similar way of thinking to myself in the sense that I'm feeling down, I need to see a GP. Yes. And if that's the first point of call, they're going to go, here's a piece of paper, you need to take these. Mm. Where where I come, like where my mindset goes, as you just said, it's like, okay, how's the food? How's the exercise? How's the sleep? Mm. How's the stress? Yeah, like what pressures are you putting on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, yeah, I think that, you know, that can look very different for, for different people. I think we mm. all have different um, different coping mechanisms and different levels of resilience as well. Yeah. So looking at what works for one person and understanding that doesn't necessarily apply to another person as well. For sure. In, okay, let's individualize it. Mm -hmm. For you to be in a quote-unquote healthy headspace, what are some things that you need to like that you need to kind of keep in check? I think over time, you know, my my family's the thing I love. I love being a mum. Yeah. Um. I love spending time with my family, mm -hmm. and so having that downtime on weekends and and just being able to enjoy the kids. I know. I mean, I came back and did this degree, my nutrition dietetics degree, uh, when my kids were quite small, just mm. after my youngest was born. Um, and that was tough. It was tough studying full time. It was it was tough being a mum to to little kids and and the constant time pressure. And I either felt like I wasn't doing uni very well because I was focusing on my family, or I felt like I wasn't being a great mum because I was focused on uni. Mm. So um, it's lovely to have that behind me to be graduated and just feel like I've got a little bit more of that that work life balance. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love about being able to to work part time. I'm fortunate to be in that situation where I can have that balance yep. of. Um, putting some hours into the business, but yeah. then also putting some hours into my family. And we are going to deep dive into that as the <laughs> podcast goes on, but there's a little taste of what's coming up. Oh, interesting. Um, another deep question, mm -hmm. kind of. Why do people quote unquote cave to foods 
or why do people break nutritional habits? Oh, again, another good question. Mm. Um, Again, I think this comes down to what's going on in a person's life and perhaps their relationship with food. Um, You know, this is something I think I touched on in the nutrition sessions as well in terms of for something that's such an integral part of our life, for something that we have to do every day for our survival, Mm. food is really complex. And for some people, um, you know, those complexities manifest into really different ways that they have relationships with food. Um, Food at the end of the day is like anything, it's a habit. We develop habits over time. So we can develop good habits just as we can develop bad habits. And if we want to change those habits, that also takes time. I feel like, and like I'm just thinking out loud, we, we, society, whatever, we've put shit food on this pedestal of being a treat. Yes. And it's like, okay, if someone, we talk about those late night or afternoon eaters, Mm. they treat themselves to a enter shit food here and it's a treat. And that's how you see it. It's like, I've done good today. I'm going to treat myself to. Yes. And that's, everyone thinks like myself and you you can point to anyone. Everyone will think like that. It could be, I've done a hard day. I've earned this wine or beer or whatever. And it's either justification or somehow we've, In our brains, it's like, yes, this is a treat. And then you overindulge and you feel like shit. It's it's a warped way of Even at school, um, you know, kids are offered food rewards for doing certain things or, you know, they've they've had a good day so they they take them through an ice cream. Mm. And, yeah, it's an interesting – again, that's interesting. Um, You know, we have fun foods. I like to call them fun foods, our celebration foods, and there's certainly a place for them in our diet. For sure. Um, But that also needs to be balanced out with Mm. what we're doing for the rest of the time. Definitely. Um, So, yeah, there are some interesting interesting studies around how we view food and how we view – treats and yep. fun foods and and what that does to our relationship with food i uh i see it a lot obviously doing what i do oh, i had a bag of chips last night and i felt really shit afterwards mm. or i had a big night saturday and then sunday was it's like the the guilt that is associated yeah, with a over, lot of guilt overindulging and i try to tell people it's like but what are you going to do about it like you feel sorry for yourself and then you just continue on that same path. Mm. Or like, okay, you have a big night Saturday. What did you do Saturday morning? Like, did you earn? Yeah. That like, that's a very trainer way of thinking. But that's where my mind kind of drifts to. Like, why smack yourself on the back of the wrist? Yeah, look. And I mean, at the end of the day, if, you, if you're eating well and exercising well throughout the week, having a celebration on the weekend is okay. Mm. Um, it certainly doesn't require beating yourself up about it. Yeah. If unhealthy habits are creeping in on a, on a daily basis, then that's, you know, certainly something to be looked at and, yeah. and you know, something we can talk about. But, um, yeah, there is an interesting relationship, as you call it, with, with treats. Yeah, exactly. And the fitness industry especially is, a, you know, you need to eat 1,200 calories if mm. you want to look like this or shut the fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, okay, question number eight. In your opinion, what is an overrated way of eating? Oh, look, probably looking at at current trends, um, gluten-free, if you're not celiac, uh, paleo, keto. Yeah. Not a huge fan. Mm -hmm. Um, There are certain places with 
uh, certain disease states where there's some evidence coming out that that might be a, a good kickstart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for people to be cutting out whole food groups um, from a nutrition point of view, I think that you run the risk of, of doing yourself more damage long term. Yeah. And there's some people that will, you know, you take your vegans, vegetarians who are hell bent on saving the planet and cool, more power to you. But you just said it, where are you going to make that nutritional Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that can be tricky as well. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a, um, a client who, whose family is vegetarian. Mm. Um, I had an 11 year old girl who is, uh, iron deficient. She's on iron tablets and um, and low in B12 because there's certain because they they've cut out animal products. Yep. Um, there's certain things like iron and B12, um, particularly B12, which you only get from animal products. So we need to look at um, uh, people don't always realise that side of things. So especially when you're um, restricting food for children, mm. um, there's some things that you need to be aware of because they're in such a state of growth. Um, there's really important vitamins and minerals that they need for health. Yeah, okay. What? So taking on those sorts of, you know, vegan or vegetarian diets, you really need to be looking at where you can make up those vitamins and minerals, um, not only for yourself, but also if you've got children. Mm. And that right there is a great example of it's the knowledge about food mm. that will make life better, like being overwhelmed or being, I just need to worry about my calories or thinking about how my plate looks or That's whatever. Right. Knowledge is power. So do your research, whatever it is you're doing, do your research. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think that's a really, a really big thing. And, and looking at where you're getting your information from as well. I mean, I have a, a bit of an issue with the rise of the, the wellness influencers at the moment um, on social media. So, um, you know, they, they make a lot of things look really good, yep. but there's a lot of information missing. Yep. And hey, if it looks good, it's going to sell. No, oh, that's right. Exactly. Yep. Um, question number nine, what is the hardest part about healthy eating? Again, I think that can be different depending on your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy having some meat-free evenings. Mm-hmm. My husband views that as an entree yep. and where's the main meal? Yeah, where's the so, sustenance coming from? That's right. Uh, and, and my, you know, my kids are the same. So uh, they're, they're still learning to like a lot of vegetables. Yep. So, um, yeah, having having a purely vegetarian meal is a, is a little bit challenging <laughs> on all fronts. Um but again, you know, I think that depends on people's social situation. Are you living alone? Do you have a large family? What's your work situation like? Are you stressed? Are you relaxed? Um, I think all of those things play into to how people deal with food mm. and to how people view healthy eating as well. Again, I think it comes back to some of those things you were saying before about knowledge. Yep. Um, and people might think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you're falling short in a few areas. Yeah, and that's the, I asked the question about a lot of things. It's why. Mm. And it's not me being argumentative. It's me going, explain to me your reasoning. Why are you doing that? Yeah. yeah. Um, final question in this first run. What is your all-time favorite food or meal? Ooh. Or one of. I know it's very hard to pinpoint one. This is a tricky one. I think I might have to say, and it, it's nothing exciting, but I'm going to say a barbecue yep. with friends and family. Yep. I just have, it's it's such a lovely 
feeling of, of being social with food. Mm. And I think that's a really important factor. I've got lovely memories of my, of my granddad barbecuing steaks to a crisp I might say yeah, the leather. steak wasn't necessarily so great yeah. but the feeling of, of being out there at the barbecue with him um, all the family coming together afterwards um, I love food is social yeah for sure um, and we have a really different relationship with food when we're eating it socially as opposed to on our own mm. we take our time we have conversation um, you know we're not hunched at our desk scrambling down our lunch because we've got this report due so um yeah i think anything that that involves friends and family um is what makes a meal special hey that's a good answer i like that um all right that is 10 questions out of the way we are in we are rolling okay deep breath (laughs) okay so let's jump into what it is you do and look at chew nutrition sure okay um all right what's your official title uh, so I am an accredited practicing dietitian and accredited nutritionist. Okay. And what does that mean? What does that mean? So dietitian in Australia is a protected title. Not anyone can call themselves a dietitian. Uh, so we have a professional body, Dietitians Australia, and I've done a recognized degree um, through Queensland University of Technology, um, a Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics. Uh, so then I've had to meet certain criteria to become an accredited practicing dietitian. Uh, and there's things like ongoing um, professional development. Mm-hmm. So I'm always staying current and those sorts of things. Gotcha. I like throwing this question at people in the, the nutrition world. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between nutrition and nutritionist and, and dietitian? dietitian? Yeah. So in terms of um, what we've studied, I've done some extra study in something called medical nutrition therapy, which means clinically in hospitals, I can use food to treat people with mm-hmm. disease, chronic disease states. Um, so that's probably the, the biggest difference between a nutritionist who hasn't done medical nutrition therapy mm-hmm. um, versus a, a dietitian so I can treat patients. Yeah. Clinically. And if we go back to like the example you used with the um, making kids vegan kind of thing, mm-hmm. is that essentially what it is, right? You are sacrificing B12 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we need to increase your vitamin B12 intake. Is that, is that the so kind of thing? A nutrition, um, a nutritionist could look at things more along the lines of healthy eating. Mm. Um, they could certainly recognize vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Um, it's probably more if you consider um, someone in hospital in intensive care, in a coma, um, it's really important what we're feeding people at that point in time, which mm-hmm. makes big differences to their recovery. Um, someone in hospital with uh, chronic liver disease from alcoholism, mm. again, there's certain things they can have, there's certain things they can't have, depending on how sick they actually are. That's what dietitians are looking at. Gotcha. Just out of curiosity, mm. someone's in a coma, are mm-hmm. you trying to give them nutrients that will help with like brain function? Or um, like what, what, what kind of... I'm not a specialist in intensive care yeah, yeah. nutrition, mm-hmm. um, but generally when someone's really ill, you're looking at energy and protein. Gotcha. So um, energy, because their body systems are what we call hypermetabolic, yep. they're working at an increased rate because mm-hmm. they're so unwell. Um, and protein helps with repair, body yep. repair. So generally you're looking at, at getting energy and protein uh, into very unwell people. Gotcha. And... 
once again, just kind of thinking out loud, is that because their body's chewing away at the muscle that it's working yeah, so hard? Yeah, if you're not, well, that's right. I mean, it, the, the body, if you think of when you've, you're unwell, think of when you've got a, a cold or a flu, you might have a bit of an elevated temp. Um, you've got inflammation mm. um, in your body. Your, your body's just running faster than what it normally does. So it is chewing through a lot more energy than what it normally does. If you're not eating, that your body which would normally get energy from food, Uh, if there's no food going in, well, it looks to what you've already got. So you're looking at some some fat stores, you're looking at your glucose stores and you're looking at your protein stores. So body loves glucose. That's what we run off. That's our fuel source. When it wants to exhaust that, it's looking then towards your your protein stores. So that's when you start to see muscle wastage. Mm. So when you look at someone that's been in hospital, um, you know, for a while and they've come out, they're generally a little bit wasted mm. because um, they, they've lost some of their, their lean muscle mass. Yeah. Um, On that, mm. you said something in the nutrition workshop that I love the fact that you said it. Mm. Not putting enough, if people in that state or people who aren't putting enough food in, thinking that they're going to lose fat. Mm. Can you just explain that? Yeah, look, our... You know, our body wants, um, our body needs fuel. So generally glucose is its preferred um, preferred fuel source. Fuel, yeah. uh, and so we get that from having carbohydrates. Um, the, when it's, it doesn't have that, um, the glucose, it then looks to other things. So we've got our fat stores and we've got our protein stores. Mm-hmm. I can't tell my body just to choose the fat stores yep. and leave my protein stores alone. So the body will get, get its energy from the easiest source. Mm-hmm. So firstly, glucose, then it starts looking at, um, at muscle. So, so all the under eaters out there, stop under eating because it's not, a, you're not going to lose fat. You're going to lose weight maybe, but it's not the good kind of weight. So That's right. Each food. Yes. Cool. I'm glad you said that again. Um, all right. Moving on to the business. So chew nutrition and dietetics. Yes. What is it? Okay, so um, I'm a private practice dietitian. Um, so I've started, just started my own business mm-hmm. um, and yeah, seeing clients for a range of reasons. It could be anything from healthy eating to someone coming in with a, a GP referral for mm-hmm. chronic disease management. Yep. Uh, how long has it been? You said new business. How long has it been ticking yeah, over look, for? New business. It only started this year. Um, so interesting time to start a business in the middle of a global pandemic. Yep. But, um, you know, it's a slow burn. As I said, it's a part-time thing for me. Mm-hmm. My children are still in primary school. I'm still a little bit focused on on being around for them. As they get older, I hope to transition to, um, to more hours mm-hmm. in my own business. Um, I've also teamed up with some, some lovely ladies who I went to university with. Um, and so, yeah, we're just um, out there in the nutrition space and, and looking to help people out. And that's pretty much rolling into the next question. Mm-hmm. The nutrition space is yourself and two other ladies. Two other ladies, yes. Um, you guys all have a different, I don't want to say field. But yeah, we've come from different backgrounds. So um, for all of us, we've come to dietetics later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, myself, am a dietitian and nutritionist. Uh, Donna's done a Bachelor of Nutrition, Donna Moyle. Um, so the nutrition space was her idea. And the vision was really to create a space where people could come. 
um, for nutrition advice. So they have the option of seeing myself as a dietitian, nutritionist, Donna as a nutritionist, um, and Joe uh, Joe Andrews, our third, is um, both a dietitian and a naturopath. So she's got some experience in the natural medicine space. Yeah. So if someone comes into the nutrition space mm-hmm. and goes, here's what's going on, is there a point of call or it's like, hey, let's start at this point and have a look? And, you know. Yeah, look, I mean, I think most of us are able to see most people. Yeah. Um, some people have that preference for Joe as a naturopath. They want to come from um, more of a, a natural place of healing. Um, there's certain clients that that Joe and I can see as dietitians that wouldn't be so suitable for Donna. Um, and then Donna's got her own fantastic set of skills, um, very outgoing, fantastic running um, group workshops and the like as well. So um, I think that there's certainly, you know, if I saw a client and I didn't feel like we had a connection or I didn't think that I was best placed to help them, then I would certainly refer to one of the other girls. And that's, that's what I think the medical industry needs if you go to physio they will tell you you need more physio Mm. no one refers sideways they just go yep we'll come back we'll work on this yeah look and i mean i think at the end of the day i'm i'm doing this because i want to help people Mm. so if i'm not best placed to do that then i will find someone who can yes and it's i i've said this a couple of times it's like you know it's a bad business way of thinking but if you're in it to help people that's what Yes, that's, that's what you're trying to do. It's that's not right. The back, not about the back pocket. It's about helping everyone who walks through your doors. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know you, you don't get along with everybody in life. Mm. And I think that's the same in in my position as a dietitian. I'm not going to gel with every client as much as I'd love to, and as much as I will try to. Mm. Um, it, it's likely that there's going to be a handful along the way that maybe just don't feel like they're getting what they need from me, yeah. um, but perhaps they will from Joe or from, from Donna. Yeah. So Show me someone who gets along with everyone. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Um, what's the next step for Chu? Let's just look at you for a sec. Yeah, look, um, it's it's growing the business at the moment. So as I said, I'm still fairly new. So it's just developing that client base um, and yeah, getting getting my head around the marketing, I think at the moment, um, you know, I'm at an age where uh, I didn't grow up with social media. Yep. So getting my head across um, using more, more out of, fa- getting more out of Facebook, getting more out of Instagram, I think, mm. to connect with people because so much is done online these days. So um, that's probably... That's probably my hurdle at the moment yep. is is yeah bridging that gap a little bit. So if there's any social media uh, marketing people out there, <laughs> yeah. who, uh, if you want to throw a few tips my way, yep, that's they're what, very welcome. Send them to both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's my gripe with social media. It's I hate it because mm. it's I think it's a lot of wank value, and it's unfortunately the way that everyone's going because if you've got. 30 seconds spare, you're going to rip your phone out and just have a quick That's scroll. Right, scroll. Yep. And if whatever it is doesn't catch your attention in that split second, then you just scroll on by. And you could look at this photo or video and be like, I have, I've nailed this. But if people scroll past it because it's not interesting to them, I was like, well, why is this not working? And that's I, I understand that frustration yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, are you a goal-orientated person for the business? Like have you set yourself specifics or are you just kind of rolling with the punches? Oh, look, at the moment I'm probably still a little bit big picture. It mm. has been a bit of a tricky year in terms of what people have gone through. I mean, I guess we've been fairly lucky in Brisbane that yeah. we haven't endured lockdowns like other places in Australia and around the world. Um, but, you know, it's still been it's still been a bit of a different 
a different year for everyone. And mm. I think it, it has changed. It has changed the way we're doing things a little bit. Um, so I think part of it's just been maybe riding out this year. I'm pleased that I've got some clients on board. Yep. Um, you know, that was that's the number one thing. Uh, and then I think the plan is to sort of embrace 2021 yep. and, and see what that's got to offer and probably set myself a few more specific goals mm. as 2021 rolls around. Did you have to move into like the telehealth world of things or did you, were you able no, to avoid I'd that? Sort of, we just really opened up again um, once I'd started the practice. So it was kind of, and, and shutting down had delayed it. I ended up homeschooling children, yeah, which of course. proves to me that I definitely did not miss my calling as a teacher. <laughs> um, I feel sorry. So, I feel so sorry for people who had to endure that. And I'm sure teachers have much more respect oh, from parents absolutely. around what they do and what they deal with. Yes. Um, so yeah, my kids are grade one, two and four. So I'm glad I don't have a sort of classroom of grade ones under my belt, mm. but, um, yeah, no. So that was a bit of a tricky time. So that did put, uh, the goal would have been to open a little bit earlier than what I did, but that all sort of fell in the middle of, of kids coming home from school and uh, lockdown and yeah. that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we'd, we'd sort of already put plans in place and, and so the, the decision was made to move forward mm. and I think that's why I probably haven't been so goal-oriented this year in terms of I just didn't know what we were then looking at. Were mm. we going to have a second wave? Were we going to lock down again? So it's just been probably cruising a little bit and, and just seeing where this year's taken us. I think there's a lot of businesses and I would assume small businesses who are directly in the field of places that could be affected, mm. like the fitness industry um, it annoyed me when, you know, things came out and, you know, you just need to pivot. Well, hang on, fuck you. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you've completely, not shattered, but you've told me that I can't do this and that's, that's, this is right in my zone and this yeah, is how I run my absolutely. business. Um, and I think, well, we're definitely the same at Back Yourself Fitness. We said, look, we're not going to do these couple of things that we usually do to finish the year off purely yeah. because we don't know. Yeah, that's right. And we're at that point now where we, you know, oh, it's behind us or whatever, but what's next week going to bring? Or, I know. And so, I think when you, you know, you look at Melbourne and it just feel, felt like that happened so quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then when you look at the UK, which is locking down again and America's setting all sorts of wonderful records with New Zealand with were fine cases. and yeah. then there's community transmission. It's like, where's this come? You know, so... But yeah. that, that's enough coronavirus. I'm yes, sick of hearing yes. about it. I'm sick of talking about it. Um, for you guys, well, you specifically with Chew mm -hmm. and the nutrition space, do you collectively or personally have an end goal or an end vision from where, where the business is going to be or where you would oh, like look, it? I think it's just to grow our days at the moment. So um, at the nutrition space, which is based at Ashgrove, we work out of a clinic there one day a week. Um, and then as Chew Nutrition, I'm – offering mobile services and then I'm obviously starting at the the gym as well um, on occasion. So I think the um, the goal would be to to grow our clinic days um, as the nutrition space and for me it's to um, just find where those other opportunities are. Mm. So um, I know when we'd, we'd first got together, Joe Donner and myself, we were looking at, you know, other ways we could um, to, to get clients in and to sort of where we could partner. So mm. Something like this, partnering with Back Yourself Fitness is exactly, you know, on point as to what we wanted to do. And the, the reason I wanted someone from your field and it turns out to be you to come into what we do is because we don't have that feather in our cap 
of, hey, we can offer you now the whole world of nutrition and dietetics mm. and there's nutritionists, nutritionists and dietitians sitting out the back. Let's keep you, like if you want to be serious about your food, let's get serious about your food. And, you know, it, I think from my perspective, it's really refreshing because I have come across, um, you know, particularly PTs before where it's like, well, I don't think we need a, a dietitian. You know, I, I do meal plans. I know how to count oh. macros. I, mm. I can advise clients on calories. And part of me thinks, yeah, that's what I went to uni for four years for was to make meal plans, count macros and count calories. Yeah. Um, so there, there's so much more to it than that. And so, yeah, I find it a bit tricky with, um, with some people within the fitness industry who feel that they not only know exercise, but they know nutrition. Mm. I mate, I've done my nutrition course pts i'm, I'm good yeah like, yeah yeah mate it's a one-day course <laughs> that's right it, um on that like i always tell people and i've said it before in podcasts about the truths about personal training is you, your pt unless they have the qualifications from uni you know be it for nutrition or dietetics mm. it's like they can't actually like they're guessing for you like there is no They've just done more research than you have. Like there, there is no qualifications to go, here's what will work for you. Yeah. And that I hate. Like I, you hear, I'm going to throw them under the bus, F45. F45, like here is everyone's blanket meal, meal plan. plan. This will work for you. What? Absolutely. And, and like, okay, here's your 1,200, 1,100 calories. Cause, and then you start telling people, right, less calories equals better results. Right, this last week... I'm only going to have a thousand calories because if 1200 is working this well, imagine what a thousand is going to do. Oh man. Yeah. It's, I just, I just, yeah, it really grinds my gears and I can only imagine how you feel like (laughs) thinking and digesting about that. Yeah. Um, is there a niche kind of clientele that you, is like right in your zone or are you? Look, um, it's still fairly new to the world of, of private practice. Um, I probably am developing quite an interest in the, the gut health space. Yeah, um, okay. I think there's a lot of really interesting research going on in that space at the moment. And I think as, as time progresses, we're going to see how connected our gut is to all our organ systems mm. and to our overall health. So um, that's probably a, an avenue I'd like to pursue a little bit more and, and become a little more specialized in that particular field. Yeah, cool. Um on niches and demographics is there a demographic that you feel just not refuses but struggles to take advice look i think um and you know i certainly don't want to alienate anyone but (laughs) um looking at i mean people in their 20s you're bulletproof when you're in your 20s you're bulletproof i mean old age seems so far away Mm -hmm. um you figure you've got plenty of time to to do all the right things you know, maybe down the track. Uh, so, but there's a lot of things that, um, particularly through our teenage years and through our 20s, that we need to be doing well because that does impact on what's going to happen to our long-term health. Yeah. Oh, mate, if I had my time again, I'd definitely change some things that I was doing in my teens. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're trying to move into like helping young athletes. Yeah, great program. Because it's like, guys, this is where you're growing and like you're yeah. either going to fuck some things up or you're going to put yourself on like, a good track. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, and that's what kind of falls on deaf ears. I know it fell on deaf ears for yeah. me. And <laughs> you, we talk about the, the bulletproof period. Like, am I still going? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely went through that. So I feel you. Um, 
bouncing back to the business and how you approach the mm. business, has your mindset changed from day one deciding, right, I want to um, get into nutrition to now? Or are we still like, is that, I'm, this Look, is looking forward, this is what I'm looking at? Um, probably my reasons um, for getting into nutrition and, and dietetics has maybe changed slightly. What kicked it off for me um, was after I'd had my first child and you have all your new baby checks and are they growing and is everything okay with them? Um, and what I noticed through those was everyone was really concerned about how much the baby was eating and how much the baby was growing, but no one was really asking me what I was eating yeah. and how I was feeling. Mm. Um, and so my first child, God love him, did not sleep for the first year. Yeah, Beautiful child, didn't cry, which was fantastic, but we just, just wanted to be awake, just mm. wanted to be awake all the time. And, you know, there were days I was just so exhausted that trying to put a meal together just felt insurmountable. How was the brain fuzz? Phenomenal? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and then you get into those terrible habits because I'm just picking, I've got a baby in one arm and I'm just picking at whatever's easy in the kitchen. Yep. Um, and it, it's just creating this horrible cycle of not feeling well because I'm not eating well. Mm. Um so, and that, that probably got me thinking a little bit like, okay, well, what do we do for, for new mums and how do we help them eat well and feel well and be well? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I probably went into nutrition with a little bit more of a focus on um, maternal nutrition and family nutrition, which I still definitely have an interest in. Um, but it's probably, I've probably changed my focus a little bit just from experiencing things through uni, through my Cracks and placements, and and now venturing out into private practice. Um, yeah, my the avenue I'd like to go down is probably pivoted a little bit. Yeah, okay. I grabbing onto one of the things you just said there. Like, you, no matter what it is, you're going to learn more on the tools than you do. Oh, for sure. And like, I remember my first week as a PT and be like, "This is how everyone wants to be trained, and it's going to be awesome." And like, if we train really hard once a week, what happens if we train really hard seven times a week? Yeah. And you find out that people don't necessarily want that nor yes. need that yeah absolutely and yeah case by case studies for you i'm sure would differ pretty greatly yeah yes uh, for sure let's talk about some case studies then yeah okay um do you remember your first client oh my first client just trying to think back to i would have been on my clinical placement um i think it was actually a pregnant lady with gestational diabetes um do you remember going all right shit here we go like all... oh terribly nervous yep. um so suddenly when you know i'd, I'd been at uni at, for three years at that point and was trying to remember what i'd actually learned in that time it felt like nothing yeah, yeah. so um, what am i doing <laughs> that's right but having said that um you know sometimes i think being older i've got some life experience i was actually a gestational diabetic mm -hmm. myself so I had that moment of what am I talking about and then I think oh actually I know what I'm talking about because I went through this yeah um so yeah I think once you know once you get started and once you settle into it you realize that it's up there you know it yeah um do you feel like you relate a lot like when you get comfortable and you get rolling you find yourself relating things to yourself or you've like immediate family like it's like i under, kind of understand and this is what i did yeah look i do and i and i find that um you know i think one of my strengths is i'm i'm good at listening to people and i'm good at empathizing um 
And I'm good at working out what works for people. So, you know, sometimes there's a bit of, you know, self-deprecating humor in there and I'll have mm. a bit of a laugh at myself or I might share a story, but that doesn't always work for everyone. Yeah, Some people just want, you know, the, the straight facts, just... Black and white me up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell it to me like it is. Give me all the handouts. I want the information to read and I want to go home and have a think about this and, mm. you know, and work through it. Um, whereas some people having a more conversational style and saying, look, I completely understand because you know what? I found that really hard too. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, you know, maybe that's the thing about being a dietitian as well. It's not just about having the, the scientific knowledge of food. It's also a bit of a counselling session for yeah. some people too. Um, well, the question, why? why is the food like okay you come back for your follow-up and like okay well why has this been a struggle to change yeah so and you know and that's what you're looking at you're looking at what's going on in people's lives as well it's not just purely about what they're eating sometimes it's about the other things that they've got going on too yeah so if we like kind of on that and you know if we look at pick a sector from the health fitness nutrition side of things people get frustrated when that one session isn't a miracle cure? Oh, absolutely. And do you feel like, or do you, have you had, do you have people that come back for their second session, their follow-up session and be like, well, how come I'm not? Look, I'll have to say my very first client in private practice um, came in because they wanted help losing weight. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a big part of when I start the session is finding out exactly what they're in for. Like, what do they want to get out of the session? And that can look different for yeah. everybody. So, yes, yeah, someone might come in and say, I want weight loss. But then when you delve down, they might say, well, you know, I, I just I struggle with my nighttime eating or, you know, I thought maybe you could do me up a meal plan or mm. yeah, there's, there's different things they're actually wanting to get out of that session. And so um, this person said, look, I'm just, I'm really struggling. I've got a very stressful situation going on at the moment. Um, socially, I'm just, I'm not eating well. I'm getting a lot of takeout food. I'm eating on the run. It's inconsistent. And so went through a lot of questions, um, went through her diet history. And then what I decided to focus on for her was regularity of eating. That's what she needed. Her meals were so inconsistent through the day. Um, lots of high energy foods. And given how infrequently she was eating, I was worried she was sort of more in that starvation mode where mm. her body doesn't want to lose weight because it doesn't know where its next meal's coming from survival time that's right so she's you know she's holding on to the calories and she said to me i'm exercising and i don't understand because i'm not losing weight and um so we'd, we'd gone through a lot of that and then we got to the end of it uh and she said so if i eat more regularly you're going to tell me i'm going to lose weight mm. and i said okay well it's not quite that black and white i said what we're trying to do is sort of kickstart your metabolism at the moment let's just have focus on Six to five to six small meals a day, regular meals, so your body knows that hey, there's more food coming. This is this is yeah. okay. Um, and then right at the end, she said to me, "So you're not giving me a calorie count or a meal plan?" Oh. And I thought, oh my goodness, we've just. I, you know, I thought I'd asked all the right questions yeah. and I'd done all the right things, and um, and and that's what came out. She just couldn't understand that what I was suggesting with the regularity of eating was going to help her she just actually wanted to walk away with either a calorie target or a set meal plan yeah and, so and that's not in your like no and for me you know I looked at her situation and I just thought it's not going to work for her mm. she had so much going on um and I guess so people understand my thing about calorie counts and meal plans is they feel like a real pass fail mm. So, you know, if, if someone's got a target of, like you said, say 1,200 calories, if you blow that, for a lot of people, they go, oh, well, I'm already over. 
So it doesn't really matter what I do for the rest What's of the, the day. Yeah. I'll just start again tomorrow. Um, and it, it's same with a meal plan. If you sort of, if it's not food that you're going to eat or that it's easy to make or that fits into your lifestyle, it's hard to stick to. I mean, you might give it a really good crack that first week, but the second week gets a bit harder and the third week you don't even know where your meal plan's sitting. It takes one birthday, one going away party, one Christmas party, one, there's going to be an occasion yeah. every week, every month. Like. So I just, I find, you know, calorie counting and meal plans don't always work with with real life mm. um, you know some people if they're training for a specific event they might want to do the Noosa try or they're training for an ultra marathon or you know they've got a specific goal mm. and they're going to work really hard to, to get there um, so it, it can work for some people but just as a general someone's just wanting to feel better lose a bit of weight improve their healthy eating it's not always the best yeah the meal the, plans yeah, yeah. I, I just don't find it, it it really fits into real life and before we dive into that, because that pretty much falls perfectly in my questions. Okay. Um, I just like, let's just highlight the fact that whether you're seeing a PT or nutritionist or whatever, there's a couple of points. There's going to be that teething period. You're not going to walk into the gym and the first session you feel a million bucks after. And the first week, first two weeks, you're going to be like, boom, smash a PB every session. Yeah. You're not going to go to a nutritionist and start a healthier way of eating and be like, boom. Look I've out. eaten a salad. Why don't the scale show it? Yeah, or yeah. I, I feel bloated because I'm eating more. Your body's got to adapt to uh, what's yeah. going on. So point number one, let your body adapt before we make any judgment about anything. For sure. I mean, habits develop over time. So yeah. if you're trying to reverse something, you need to think about the time it's taking you to get to that point. Exactly. Because most likely it's going to take you the same amount of time to go backwards exactly. to where you were. So. That's something I try and get across to people as well. They're For sure. Habits develop over time. To break habits and change habits also takes time. Definitely. Point number two, you can see your PT. You can see your physio. You can see your nutritionist. You can see whoever you want. They're there to help you along. And once you leave the session, however long the session's been, you're on your own. Like we're here to give advice and guidance but at the end of the day, it's going to come back to that person going, right, I need to take this advice on board and actually yeah, change. absolutely. And I mean, and at the end of the day, I'm, I'm giving you the tools to do that. And I like to have review sessions because it gives the person a chance to come back and say, you know what, I've really struggled this week and we can develop, delve into why that's so. Like what, what have you actually struggled with this week mm. um, and why? What can we do? You know, and then we, we come up with some new tools and some new strategies um, to, to try and keep them on track or to get them back on track. For so, sure. But yeah, like you said, I mean, you can lead a horse to water. Oh, I was just about to say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there still has to be an onus of responsibility on the person to, to make those changes. Um, okay. We've said this C word a few times and both of us have said it in different situations and that C word isn't carbs. Mm. Carbs are fine. Mm -hmm. It's calories. Mm. So everyone's got their freaking smartwatch. I've got mine on right now that tells you how many calories it reckons you've burnt today. My diet is X amount of calories. I need to, you know, eat 400 calories less a day to get Mm -hmm. to where I want to be. Why, uh, Why are you against living your life by the calorie measure? Oh, look, I just, I think it's tricky. I mean, if you go out and have a meal with friends, 
do you know exactly what's in that meal that you've been given? Can you adequately count those calories? And then how does that make you feel if you can't? So I work in serves. So for anyone that was at the nutrition sessions, I work off the um, Australian Guide to Healthy Eating and the Healthy Plate. uh, And that provides a recommended number of serves across our five food groups. And so, for example, we're supposed to have five serves of vegetables a day. What's a serve of veggies? You're either looking at a cup of salad veggies or half a cup of cooked veggies. It's a lot easier to look at your plate and figure out whether you've got half a cup of cooked veggies on there or a cup of salad. It's easy to look at, so a serve of grain foods is a slice of bread. If I've had two slices of bread, I know that I've had two serves of grain foods that day. So I just think, um, you know, there's they promote the healthy plate, but I don't think they always promote what a serve size is. So yeah. there's a, a bit of a discrepancy there and, and some education that's needed, I think, um, for the public in general. Mm. But I just find it so much easier to work in serve sizes because it, it's visually very easy. Mm. Whereas calories, I'm thinking, well, okay, I know that's chicken, but it's also got a crumb and a sauce on it. So what's that doing to the calories? And Are you actually standing there at the kitchen with your tablespoon going, I can have half a tablespoon of soy sauce and that's going to be... That's Right. Four calories. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like okay, I'm going to count all my calories, but I'm not including butters, sauces, oils. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah. so when you're not really counting your calories then, and who's going to be mental enough to do that? Like, Yeah, and I find another thing for me is particularly for children and for teenagers, um, counting calories can lead to some really troubled behavior in terms of disordered eating so again I just like to move away from those nitty-gritty details and just look at whole foods what are we actually having and how much are we actually having based on a serve size is there a simple way that we can measure serve size there are um, the um, gu- the Australian Guide to Healthy Eating, the um, government website that promotes that has plenty of information about the five food groups mm-hmm. and what constitutes a serve. Um, it does require people to go um, and look at that. Yes. Um, so that can be a little bit tricky. But in terms of what I do, that's generally what I try and promote um, as education through either nutrition sessions that I offer or one-on-one consultations. Um, I'll often bring the the healthy plate into it Mm -hmm. and talk people through about what is a serve size and then depending on your age and your gender there's particular serves that you should be having Mm. um, from each of those those food groups and they they've done it that way because if you're eating a a broad range of food from across the plate you're getting all the vitamins and minerals that your body needs yeah the the at the seminar at the workshop we said was at the half quarter quarter for the plate, yeah. Like so as that a was um, so yeah. So there's also um, just a, a portioning guide that I provide, and and so you're looking at generally um, if you're just thinking about your dinner plate, uh, you want to have half of your plate covered in vegetables, a quarter of your plate dedicated to carbohydrates, and a quarter of your plate dedicated to your lean protein. And when we say plate too, that other little tricky one is you're talking about pretty much where the plate kind of goes to that lip. Yeah. So you're looking at a, a 25 centimetre, up to 25 centimetre plate. So yeah. not a huge plate and then not covering the plate all the way to the very edge. Yeah. So yeah, just as you sort of get to the lip of the plate. See, there you go. They're like That is a simple way of thinking about it. If you eat fresh, number one, mm-hmm. you're going to be in the right area. Yeah. And it's just knowing and not being afraid, don't cut carbs like that's no that's not going to help you um 
it's energy wise. It's going to put you in a better stead moving forward if your plate looks a certain way yeah. than if you are eating 1,400 calories. Like you could eat 1,400 shit calories a day. Is that going to help you? There's something called the Twinkie diet and um, what? the Twinkie diet and uh, this guy went on the Twinkie diet to show that it's purely a case of energy in versus energy out. Mm. So he ate Twinkies, but it's just that his energy out was greater than what is energy in. So he lost weight. He lost weight just purely eating Twinkies. Um, at some point, that's going to catch up with him. Yeah. But it was it was more to prove a point that um, it doesn't matter what we eat. It really comes down to that simple equation of, of energy in versus energy out. How are his insides going? So, yeah, exactly. How, how, how healthy are your insides if that's all you're eating? But it's just, you know, I, I find it a really um, – it, it's just an interesting thing because – it, again, it just comes out. You can eat anything and lose weight, really. Um, but for long-term health, we want to be eating those um, those nutrient-dense foods, the things that gives us the vitamins and minerals that keeps us healthy. Uh, while we're kind of pointing, I don't want to say pointing holes through a couple of things, mm-hmm. but what are the biggest misconceptions you see when it comes to nutrition knowledge? Oh, look, you know, and I think, again, it, it's the the bluster you get from um, certain elements, the the wellness influences, you know, carbs are bad or I've got to have a lot of protein to build muscle. So I'm, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to have protein shakes all day, every day. And, and um, yeah, I, I can't have carbohydrates. You know, I feel so much better because I've cut carbs and there, there's a lot more to it than that. Yes. Once again, I think we just keep circling back to that. Don't worry about your calories like – Worry about eating. It's the quality smarter. of your food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, um, you know, there's better quality carbohydrates than others. So it's making good choices within that area. But cutting them out altogether, well, you're losing some important things from your diet by doing that. There's your energy gone. So yeah, I mean, carbohydrates what gives us glucose, and glucose is what our body wants to run off. Uh, we could talk for hours about food stuff. I we think. absolutely can. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into more more you and like let's put that put a pin in that mm-hmm. and i want to talk about how you got to here why you got to here etc cetera, etc cetera. um what were you doing pre-nutrition so when i left school um loved science did a science degree but didn't really know what i wanted to do within that field so i sort of fell into pharmacology so i've got a, a science degree with a major in pharmacology um but then i started working for the department of defense for their desktop publishing unit so i was just responsible for putting together all their training manuals basically before they went off to the um the printers and then from there i moved into another unit and was responsible for um, looking after their budget and from there on i've um been in roles which are sort of accounts management bookkeeping office management uh until i had children so was was that the i need to sink my teeth into something new kind of like what was the I just, transition i think i wasn't um I just, I don't think I had a clear idea of what I wanted to do when I left school. And I felt there was that sort of that pressure that I was expected to go to uni. So I did, but I wasn't really clear Mm -hmm. with what I wanted to do with that. And then I sort of, I just fell into these other roles and and then just continued. Um, I did momentarily consider a, um, or start an accounting degree because I thought that was a natural progression 
uh, from what I was doing at the time, but realized that it was definitely a job and not a passion. Mm. So um, stopped that pretty quickly. Then had children and then thought, you know what? I just, I don't want to go back to finance. It's not what I want to do. Um, and then, as I said, I think I'd started to develop a little bit of an interest in sort of nutrition and, and you know, struggling with that after my first child was born. And um, I liked the idea of dietetics because it has that science behind it. Mm. I am a scientist at heart. Yep. Um, and so I like the fact that the advice I'm giving has an evidence base. So um, was your experiences through the first child and pregnancy side of things, was that one of the major contributing factors into? Yeah, look, it probably was because um, I got a, a diagnosis of gestational diabetes and initially I thought, oh my God, what have I done wrong? I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. I've done all the right things. And at the end of the day, it was nothing I was doing. One nurse put it as I just have a very naughty placenta and it, it, that's what upsets mm. your insulin production while you're pregnant sometimes for some women. Um, so, but the fact I was gestational diabetic with each of my pregnancies with the um so three pregnancies and um that just puts me at a higher risk for type 2 diabetes yep. despite the fact i met i think one criteria for developing gestational diabetes which was age yep. um i didn't meet any of the others but yet there i was yeah. um so until i sort of realized why it happened my initial thought was i've done something wrong it's the food i've been eating yep. but it, it you know it didn't come down to that um, and so then, yeah, post, post pregnancy, I then struggled with lack of sleep and energy and motivation to do things. And so I think that that's what really sort of kickstarted that idea of, you know, how can food help? Yeah. We, like you said, age was the only thing that you ticked off mm. as one of the, the factors. Speaking of age, what was it like going Back to uni as a oh mature age student. Goodness. It was, um, look, uni had changed a lot from from when I first went through. Um, we certainly didn't have online submissions for assessments. So, you know, I used to do a dash out to UQ at 4.30 in the afternoon to try and get my assignment in the Dropbox by yep. five o'clock. Whereas this time, you know, I've got an online submission till midnight, which yep. makes things a bit easier. Um, but yeah, it was a... It was a great experience. There's actually a lot more mature age students doing nutrition and dietetics than I expected to find. Do you reckon um, that's the bulletproof kind of thing coming into play? I wonder if it... I'm not quite sure, actually. Um, I guess we've all... We'd all sort of had careers and we're maybe just looking for that change. And I don't know if that's just a bit more sign of the times now where people do tend to have a career change, I think. Um, gone are the days where you start out with one company and, and, you know, work through to retirement. So, um, but yeah, there was a few of us just sort of having a bit of a, a later life career mm. change. Um, but that made it easier. I think in, in some ways there's a, a girl I was on, um, on placement with, I was one of the oldest in our cohort and she was one of the youngest and we had a fantastic time. We yep. just got along so well. I loved being on, on prac with her. Um, she was a, a great source of support. Um, so again, just interesting, but yeah, we figured out I was actually closer in age to her mother than I was to her. So <laughs> was that a nice pump up? Oh, look, we had some, some, you know, some funny things. And I think I turned up one day, it was just starting to get cool. And I called it my Cardi and she said, don't call it Cardi. My mum calls it a Cardi. Shut so, up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we definitely had some laughs along the way. Just yeah, a few maybe generational differences, yeah. but, um, yeah. Look, it was a great group of people to go through with. And yeah. I was probably pleasantly surprised, actually, just how much fun I had second time around. Yeah. Why nutrition? 
like you kind of touched on it, but like I think what, what um, was what was the thing that was kind of driving you to look? I think I looked at. I think it was that sort of that goal of um, of helping maybe initially helping mums, um, mums and bubs just with that initial phase. And I'd initially looked at nutrition um, at the degree, the nutrition degree, and then thought, actually, I like the dietetic side. I like the medical nutrition therapy side of things. And um, I just, I liked the evidence base behind it. As I said before, you know, I'm a bit of a scientist at heart. So I like knowing that what I'm recommending is backed by evidence. So yeah. Why? Here I am asking why. Uh, why is it important or why was it important? Is it important that, you know, you wanted to go, I, I want to help mums and bubs? Why, why is that important to I you? I think I felt a bit lost at the time. Yep. I, and, you know, maybe that was just the people I was seeing. There's, there's probably, you know, other people have had different experiences. But for me, everyone was so focused on the baby. And I went, well, the baby's doing fine. I'm struggling. Is anyone asking yeah. me yeah, how yeah. I'm going? Um, and I just, yeah, I've just felt that was a bit lacking. So I thought, you know, I think there's room there to improve in that area. Yeah, cool. Here's a question that I ask everyone mm-hmm. and it stumps most people. Okay. <laughs> what do you do for you? Oh, look, in terms of food, I try to do the right thing most of the time. I'm human. No, no, no. no. So, not, not food. Okay, just what, what... What do you do for you that is strictly for no one else but yourself? If I can just shut out the family for a little bit yep. and sit down with a book. Yeah. I if yeah reading a book for 24 hours straight is like a dream come true for me and through uni I didn't read because any spare moment I had was reading textbooks yeah. which is anyone who's picked up a textbook knows that's life certainly <laughs> yeah. for fun um so yeah absolutely if I can just escape with a book um is that your decompress time yeah absolutely and also I think I'm really fortunate um in terms of I've got a really great group of mum friends at the school Mm. um and that's developed over my time at uni I had people picking up my kids for me when I was at a class and um we've just developed a really lovely friendship group um and they've been so supportive through my study Mm. um and so yeah a bit of time with the girls as well is probably yeah something else that I really enjoy yeah um yeah it's and I I I was interested in your answer because we kind of You've touched them a couple of times, like, oh, I was doing this for the kids and at mm. school I'm this active and I'm doing this and da 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 okay. Yeah, look, and I mean, probably like most parents, I don't always take time out for myself and it's probably been hard as well. I mean, I had my kids really close together. Mm. Um, so there was already a baby and then there was another baby and, you it know, those going, are, yeah. yeah, they're hectic years and I, I'm probably at the point now where things are getting a little bit easier. The kids are a bit more self-sufficient. Mm. Um, you know, it's not so difficult if, if I'm out for the night my husband can get the kids to bed yeah. and we're not in that stage of, I just want mum. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I'm finding me again. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I always round out the podcast with advice. Okay. So I'm going to give a couple of situations to you and I just want you to okay. pass on some wisdom. All right. Uh, advice you would give to someone struggling with their food? For me, it would be finding out why. What's actually going on in your life at the moment and what is it about food that, that you're finding difficult? So, and that can look really different for a lot of people. Mm. Um, as I said before, for something that's such a, 
integral part of our life. For some people, it's really complex and that can come from the way they've been brought up. It can come from trauma later in life. It can just come from the simplest things that are sort of building up in their life at the moment. So um, it's, it's having a conversation and drilling down about what, what's actually going on at the moment and why is this difficult for you? Let's find out why. Advice to the calorie counters of the world. Oh, look, I mean, if that's what works for you and you're managing it, then I wouldn't say necessarily stop, but I think there are other ways. And if you're open to looking at um, at some of those other ways, you might find that if you're feeling a bit of pressure around food or eating out or eating at other people's houses because you can't quite stay on top of what you're having. Um, Looking at more from a whole food perspective might take some of the stress out of eating. Advice to yourself heading to uni as a mature age student. Um, Oh gosh. Hey. Have a bit of fun with it. But, you know, I put so much pressure on myself to do do well and really I don't think that matters now that I've graduated Um, I'm still doing what I want to do and I think I'd be doing this whether I graduated the top of my class or whether I graduated you know down the bottom I still graduated I've still got an opportunity to go um, and pursue the things that I want to pursue so um, yeah definitely coming back to that work-life balance I think um, I definitely put a bit too much pressure on myself at certain times and it doesn't seem worth it now yeah things that are so important like this second that might not actually be that important and big picture yeah three weeks time how important was that exactly I feel you I'm a sucker (laughs) for it and I feel you Uh, advice for yourself starting off your own small business oh look um Get advice from people that have done it, I think, and have a good support network around you. Um, you know, I've been really fortunate, although I'm starting my own business, um, I've got some friends from uni who are also starting their own business and, and you know, we're linking in together. So uh, having that um, support base around me has been really important. And finally, advice you would give to the frustrated people who think that they're doing the best they can with their food and exercise? Look, I think in terms of that, again, are you? Let's have a conversation about whether whether you are doing the best you can with your food and exercise. Um, but also knowing that bodies change, situations change. As we age, our metabolism changes. Um, I'm never going to be the same weight that I was when I was 21. So... That's just a reality unless I work super hard and probably absolutely cut calories to a ridiculous level. Um, It's not going to be sustainable though. I'm Mm. not going to feel well. I'm not going to be a happy person. I'm not going to be a good mum. So it's it's kind of changing our mindset um, and just knowing that we can still be healthy without necessarily... I think we have these images in our head sometimes of what we should be. it's changing that picture. And you said a word there, and I don't know if you clocked it. Uh, you said feel. Mm. How do you feel? That's that's your guide on how you're going. How do you feel? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the end of the podcast. We are done. Oh, my goodness. I told you it would get to the end, and it feels like we'd have heaps left in the tank. Yeah, I know. It's been fun. Thank Just you. getting started. Now, obviously, we'll throw all your social links and sure. 
all that stuff for the nutrition space and chew nutrition and dietetics in the podcast description. Kirsten, it has been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit more. Thanks, Matt. Um, day one of working together is tomorrow. Yes. Uh, exciting times ahead for both of us here. And that's us done. Lovely. I look forward to, um, to seeing some of the clients around Back Yourself Fitness. Excellent. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So there it is. Another Back Yourself podcast is in the books. I hope we uh, got the old brain churning as always. Um, whenever we talk nutrition, we're going to ruffle some feathers because when it comes to food and exercise, people seem to be very, not narrow-minded, but very stick to what they know. Um, for the calorie counters out there, I hope we didn't offend you. It's all right. But what's easier to measure, how you feel or the exact amount of calories that you're eating? And from an education point of view, what's going to be more beneficial? Knowing how many calories are in something or knowing the right types of foods that we should be eating for certain things? I don't know. I'll let you decide. I know what I think. But hey, that's just me. When it comes to our nutrition or training or whatever the case may be. Just going to see someone isn't the job. Whenever you see a nutritionist or a PT, that's you going, yes, I need help and I'm willing to put the work in if someone guides me in the right direction. So if you're seeing a trainer, you still need to put the work in. If you see a nutritionist, you still need to put the work in. Uh, for more information on what Kirsten does, we'll throw all the links in the uh, old podcast description as well as our Movember stuff. Um, please donate every dollar counts. When it comes to nutrition, you just got to back yourself, guys. All right, see you in the next episode. <laughs>